Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Nine Decide podcast, where we chat with super amazing and inspirational people who pounded the pavement before and after their nine to fives to get their side hustles off the ground. After listening to the interviews with these amazing guests, you'll walk away with a refreshed pep in your step and a newfound motivation to make your side hustle a reality. Hey, everybody, and welcome to season one, episode nine. Hope everyone is doing well out there. I don't know if any of you are like my husband and I, but we occasionally like to watch our wedding video. We don't have like a scheduled time that we watch it. We're like every year in our anniversary, we sit down, we hold hands, we watch it, we reminisce. We'll just like stumble upon it and be like, oh, yeah, let's watch it. And we were watching it tonight. We watched it a couple times, and it's just so funny to watch it because I feel like you look at it and we look so well rested and just unaware of what was about to hit us, like kids and COVID and everything else. We just, I don't know, just like, we just look so young. And it's just funny to watch because the kids were like, who are those people? And then they were like, oh, I think that's you. And we we're like, yep, that's us. Before we had you guys and we lost like a million hours of sleep over many, many years. But anyways, it's super fun to watch. And it made me think of what was my absolute favorite part of my wedding and any wedding actually is the cocktail hour. I love the cocktail hour. I like built my whole wedding around making sure that I was there for the cocktail hour. A lot of people take pictures during the cocktail hour. We ended up doing the first look so we could be at the cocktail hour because I was like, no, no, no. I actually want to be there to have drinks and everything because that to me is my absolute favorite part. I think everybody has so much fun during that hour. And so that kind of leads me into my next guest. So Jen Milano of The Vintage Horse is in the mobile bar business, and what she has is so cool. It's a converted horse trailer, basically, that she converted into this like mobile bar that she will take to events, weddings, wherever, what have you. She brings her staff. She brings the whole experience, minus the liquor, so you provide the liquor, but she creates custom menus. She brings the atmosphere, and you know, as you can imagine, it turns out being kind of the talk of the whole event. This is my interview with Jen Milano of The Vintage Horse. Welcome, Jen Milano. Thanks so much for joining of The Vintage Horse. Appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. So before we get started, I just, you know, I think your business is really cool. I love anything that has to do with drinking cocktails and trailers and vents. So (laughs) right away, I, I think it's super fun. But give us a little background on you, who you are, kind of, you know, where you got where you got started and a little bit about you. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. My name is Jen Milano and I am the owner and creator of The Vintage Horse. So my history is um I used to bartend in college and I absolutely loved the bartending in college scene. I got to hang out with my friends while I was making, you know, really good money in in college. Um I went to Southern in New Haven. And kind of did the whole New Haven bar scene, which was awesome. I met a lot of people and kind of started, that really started my interest in event planning and hospitality and things like that. So fast forward, I graduated with a communications degree and didn't really know where I wanted to go. But one of my best friends was like, you love hosting events. You love planning things. You plan your birthday party and it's always this elaborate thing. And I was like, so I love events and I love hosting my own birthday parties and I love planning things for other people. So I really dove into the hospitality world 
And I did, I got very lucky. I got an entry level position at a hotel in Greenwich and it was just amazing. I was there for 12 years. I got promoted very quickly and I just, I found my passion in event planning. And then fast forward and COVID hits and I was actually on maternity leave with my daughter when COVID started. So I was due to go back to my job of 12 years in April and I did not go back and I ended up getting furloughed with the entire rest of the staff and the team. And, you know, it was just really eye opening to see, you know, anything could happen in life. And I just felt like I needed to do something. I'm, I'm one of those people who just can't sit still. <laughs> I always on the go, always, honestly, COVID kind of calmed me down a little bit. And I think it made me realize that, you know, you need to just appreciate every day. And I was commuting an hour and a half each way to my job. I live in Trumbull and I was commuting nice. to Greenwich during prime rush hour. And it wasn't fun. I was getting home when my kids were ready to go to bed. And it was just, you know, I thought I was always going to climb the corporate ladder and I loved it. I loved what I did. I loved my surroundings. I loved everything about my job. And honestly, I probably would have never left if the whole pandemic didn't happen. So I, I can honestly say the pandemic benefited me. Obviously, it was a horrible scenario. It was a horrible, you know, situation for so many people. But I, I think I'm going to use this kind of scenario for for my whole life because I think the pandemic, you took it in two ways. One, you either stayed home and you just got by day by day. And I mean, I had two kids under the age of two when the pandemic was at its prime. So I was literally <laughs> home. Oh my gosh. I was home with both my kids and my husband. And, you know, he was home too. Like we were all home. And it's just like we, it was cold when it first started. So we couldn't really go outside. And, you know, summer hit. And I just remember going for walks and seeing my neighbors walking. And we, we live in trouble and we haven't really met too many of our neighbors yet. But we would literally cross the other side of the road because we didn't want to be near people. Like it was just, it was so crazy. So during all that, I really took that time to, one kind of like regroup my life. And I, I took that time to really dive into where are my next steps? Because I didn't know if the pandemic was going to ever come back to hospitality. I was planning events for 300 to, I had, I had events that were a thousand people at wow. my hotel. And, you know, when is that ever going to happen again? So I really took that and kind of said to myself, okay, what's my next plan? And this business. So when my husband and I got married in 2016, we had an old vintage Airstream at our wedding, and it was a, a camper that they turned into a alcohol-infused dessert truck and also a mobile bar. Sounds and amazing. It was so, it was the talk of my wedding. Honestly, it was. And I kind of thought about that. I don't know what made me think about that, but I just kind of thought about that. And I was like, I could do something like that. I'm not a baker, so I could never do the, <laughs> the dessert side of it. But I was like, I was a bartender, like, and, and I just kind of dove into, okay, I want to use my event planning career. I have so much experience in that 12 years of doing it. And where can I kind of go from there? And I spiraled into a Pinterest rabbit hole and I found <laughs> horse trailer mobile bar that I had no clue this was even a thing. Like I never saw them before. I never knew what it was. And I just started doing my research and I was like, this is awesome. And I didn't tell anyone at first. I did not. I, I kind of mentioned it to my husband just to get his feedback, but I didn't want to be discouraged. I didn't want anyone to be like, mm, I don't know if that would ever work. And, you know, nobody's doing it. And I've never seen that. And those things is what got me excited. Right. Like, You're right. No one's doing it. No one has seen it. But I'm seeing all of these people who are so successful doing it. 
So that was like a sub, that was like a little sub business, like mobile horse trailer bars was like a thing that people saw like a whole, yeah. Yep. So it's huge kind of in the Midwest. It's much more popular in the states that are warm all year round Mm -hmm. because they do outdoor events all year round. So for us in New England, obviously it's like 19 degrees today. It's cold. So obviously the winter is our slow time, but I am taking this winter to brand my business, to do the things that I couldn't do in the summer when we're so busy. So fast forward, the vintage horse became a thing. We we bought a $1,200 horse trailer that had rust and hay. And I mean, just the the process of trying to find the trailer was our first hiccup in, in many hiccups. But I couldn't find a horse trailer. I literally could not find one. I guess, I don't know, people weren't selling them or due to the pandemic, people just... So before you get into this whole thing, so it went from during the pandemic, you're thinking about things, you're shifting your your thought about what your future career is going to look like. And then did you run this by your husband? Were you like, I've got this idea. I think, you know, I've looked at all this stuff. I want to invest in a trailer. Because before I, I want to hear about the journey, but like in a, like a quick elevator pitch, what is the vintage horse? Like, how would you pitch it? And, and obviously, is it, it's not a side hustle anymore. It is your full-time business, right? Yeah. So when I got the idea, my husband was the first one that I told because obviously this would be a life-changing kind of scenario for us. But I literally said to him, and I am the type of person where, and my family can attest this, if if I want something to happen, it's probably going to happen. And I think my husband after 10 years has kind of learned that too. But I think he saw, you know, how upset I was that I was furloughed from my position and how, you know, we still had bills to pay and I had to figure all this out. So I, I literally said to him, I found, and I showed him pictures. I showed him pictures of what other horse trailers were doing. And I said, I want to start a mobile bar. And he was like, what's a mobile bar? And I was like, I want to do events. And I want to, you know, use my bartending experience and create an experience for people at their home, at their events. And I want to create something that nobody else is really doing. And I want to start a business about, you know, with this. And he was like, okay, well, what do we do? And I go, well, we have to buy a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> step one. So that was step one. So you guys have this conversation. Now, was your husband working at the time or was he furloughed so, also? So he was working from home. Okay. Okay. So he has a, he, a full-time nine to five job. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so you were like, step one, I've got this idea. Let's get a trailer. And you were like all in, we're going to, you've seen the idea basically working and being successful in this kind of area. So this, the first step is getting a trailer. So how do you get a trailer? Yeah. So I, I did so much research. I was on like Craigslist. I was on Facebook marketplace. I was just looking anywhere I possibly could because I didn't want to buy an expensive one because I really wanted to start from scratch with this whole, I had this vision of what I wanted the inside to look like. And I had this vision on, you know, I really wanted to start from the bottom. So I didn't want to spend a lot of money on that process. Well, lo and behold, I, we can get to that, but I ended up spending way more money because <laughs> we had to redo it. But how much is it like, just out of curiosity for people that are listening, because yeah. I think, you know, any kind of business that's mobile, be it whatever, how much does it cost to get like a mobile trailer or, or something like yeah. that? What's like the entry? So, I bought the trailer itself for $1,200. And okay. I, unless you're a very creative person, I probably wouldn't recommend buying it that cheap because, you know, it was rusted. It was, it had holes in it, but the mm. framing was good. So that was my biggest concern is, is it going to be sturdy where I can 
start from the bottom and go up, but I didn't want to redo the entire bottom of it. So, you know, the hitch that attaches to the car and all those things. Not that I had any knowledge of any of this. I had to do so much research and so much, you know, I never also, I used to ride horses when I was younger, but I never. Oh, okay. Well, there's a tie yeah. in there. I was going to ask there's if you had any tie in no. horses in your past. Okay. So you, yeah. you do have like leading up to all this, this, you know, speaking of kind of where the inspiration came, you do have an event planning background. You were a bartender. You were had experience riding horses. So it all kind of lends itself yeah. to this. Yeah. This so I kind of tied all of my past experiences into one and it just kind of worked. Because I, I was also originally going to look at a camper because my, my family owns a campground in New Hampshire. That's where we actually had my wedding. And so I was originally going to get a camper because I was like, oh, this could be cool. But then I saw horse trailers and I was like, oh, this kind of fits my, my vision and my background and things a little bit more. Now, I have a question. Do you think that just in the theme of side hustles, do you feel like if the pandemic had never happened, you're in your full-time job? Did you ever have like an interest in like a side hustle or doing anything else? Or were you completely fulfilled in your nine to five until COVID happened? And that was the first time that you had really thought about like, I'm going to go out on my own because I need to think of an alternate path. So there's two answers to that. I was 100% fulfilled in my career. I thought I was going to climb the corporate ladder. I started as an admin in my job. I quickly was promoted to a manager. And, and then after that, I was promoted a few more times to do larger events. And I went from doing, you know, bridal showers and baby showers to doing weddings. And then from the weddings, I started doing all the corporate events. So I just thought, you know, I had a five-year plan. I had a 10-year plan of just climbing the corporate ladder and and I loved it. And I loved the job. I loved my coworkers. I loved everything about it. But I always felt this kind of urge and I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I never thought I was going to own my own business. But I also, to the second side of that, I loved crafting. So I loved using my creative side of I would I would make wine glasses for my friends and I would hand paint them. And for every event, I would have like their name on it. Oh, fun. And then I started selling wreaths around the, the wintertime, these like beautiful burlap Christmas wreaths. So I always had a creative side that I wasn't really using. And so to answer your question, no, I never thought this would be my path. I always thought I would just be the corporate ladder because I loved it. I loved it. But there was just something. And I, through the pandemic, I also started listening to podcasts. And I am now a podcaster. Cool. So I, I so appreciate what you're doing, because I really think it inspires other people. Because honestly, podcasts are what inspired me to really have the the guts to do this, because it takes a lot of guts. I guess I also have to, I keep kind of going back, but I actually went back to my corporate job. So I was furloughed for 10 months. I was home with my kids. I was starting this business because I didn't know where my life was going. And I thought it was going to be a hobby. I really thought this was just going to be something that I was going to do once a month and have maybe one event and kind of have it parked in my driveway. And, you know, if I ever have, you know, people over, I have a bar in my driveway. By the way, I have a bar in my driveway for anyone that wants to hang out. It's just a thing I have. Just if you're looking, if you're looking for a good time, (laughs) that's a really intense side hustle. (laughs) So I really thought it was a hobby. And um, so I went back to my job in October of 2020. And I ended up giving my notice in April of 2021. And not for any reason of that I wasn't happy at my career. I, you know, there are some things. My position changed. You know, I wasn't doing events of 300 people anymore. I was doing 
you know, a lot more work because we were filling in the slacks for the the team because the the hotel just wasn't making the revenue that it needed to be making. So there are other variables that were in play, but but I had this urge that this business was going to be something special and I needed to focus fully my 100% energy into this if I wanted it to be successful. Yeah. So I did the math with my husband and I was like, okay, these are our bills. This is what I need to do. And you know, if I host, if I, I do one event a month, we can pay our bills. You know, we will struggle for a little while, but we can pay our bills. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So that was the, the hardest thing was walking into my boss's office and giving my two weeks notice because it was so unknown on what this business was going to be. But you know, listening to podcasts and listening to other people's success stories and knowing that if you want something to happen and you work hard, you can make it happen. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the moral too is that like, if you really have a passion for something and you want to see it through, like you can definitely make anything happen in it. Also, everybody, there's like this theme. I mean, you're taking all the skills that you have, that you've worked on that are like true to you and you're leveraging them to, you know, make this business happen. For anyone that's listening, just out of curiosity, so you you obviously for a business like this have to invest upfront money to get it started. So in terms of the mobile business, and I read from your site, you do not have to have a liquor license for this because they provide the liquor. You are providing the trailer, the experience, the menu, the packet. Talk a little bit about what the Vintage Horse provides and then what kind of like, what does that look like in terms of how much you're making for a month, like how many events do you have to really pack in to make make it work for you as a full-time business? When I first started, I, I was doing free events here and there and kind of just helping to get my name out there. And I think any business, you really have to do that. You have to network. You have to really find ways that make sense to get your name out there. So I was doing free events for a little while, but I quickly realized how time-consuming and how much work goes into, you know, I when I first started, I was like, oh, throw everything in the trailer, go to the event, pack it all up and come home. I quickly realized that wasn't it. So to start the business itself, we probably invested with our website, with our marketing, with everything that goes into it. I mean, we started an LLC, just doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. You're probably looking around 30,000, which is not that. It sounds like a big number, but it's really not when you're starting a business that you don't need an overhead for. So I don't have a monthly payment I have to do things here and there to the trailer. And, you know, I have my monthly fees of my website and things like that, but I don't have a storefront where I have an extra, you know, a huge monthly payment where I'm paying someone else to rent or things like that. You know, if it were a bar. Right. So that's kind of like our starting fees around. And again, that was, we put almost $12,000 into the trailer before it even got painted. So we did the structure work on, I want this to last for a long time and I want to make sure I do it right. So there were a lot of things that we did that you don't have to do as a mobile bar or even it's funny because starting this business, I've met so many amazing entrepreneurs and the food truck industry is so popular right now that I know a lot of caterers who are actually getting trucks. So obviously they're going to spend a different type of money in putting, you know, all their kitchen stuff and things like that. But that's not something that I had to do. So to your liquor license questions, as a mobile bar, we don't have a liquor license. We are a bartending service. So we provide basically everything that you need for your event outside of the alcohol. So we provide ice. We provide basically things that as a host, you don't want to deal with. So that was kind of another reason why 
I knew this was going to be successful because I host events and I was always going up to my guests and saying, Hey, do you need another drink? Or, you know, can I get you a, another beer? Or, you know, are you, do you need anything? And I wasn't having fun at my own events because I was always doing this. Right. So this was a great opportunity to know that this was a niche that other people were going to want. So fast forward, when I first started, I, like I said, I thought this was going to be a hobby. If I did one event, one event a month, I would have been fine. Well, I started promoting my business and I just took off. I mean, I started, so our first event was May 15th. By July, so three months, not even, I really started promoting in June because I didn't have any pictures before the first event. I didn't have anything. We had another like 25 events on the books moving forward. Our first actually six months. So we started in June and to that December. And that was only really four months because by November it started getting cold or five months. We did 48 events in our first five months. Wow. And what is the range of money that you can make from an event? Is it if you're there for what's the typical time frame you're there for? Is it like yeah. four hours or what were you yeah, obviously we set up? Hours. Okay. So yeah, we do four hours. Now we do have a minimum on Saturday night. So our minimum for Saturday is $2,000. And that does not include the alcohol, but we provide a shopping list to our customers. We provide, we can even place the order for them. We can do basically all the work and we can have the alcohol delivered to their house. And I think that also helps them. You know, if you have an event of 100 people, you don't really know what to order for your alcohol. You know, you don't, Aunt Sue might love wine, but then how many people are going to drink vodka and how many people are going to drink beer? So with the background in my hospitality, I did a lot of, you know, I knew what needed to be ordered for certain events. You know, I knew what needed to be ordered for a wedding and things. So now I can help my customers really know what they need to order. So I think that really helps. And COVID was, again, a success for me because people are hosting backyard events. That's so true. I mean, it's such a great business. Now, what do you do? You started marketing and you said you were really, and you took off. So how are you marketing? You were doing some free events. You've got your name out there. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of word of mouth. But like, what are you putting money into advertising? Like, where are you marketing and how are you getting new clients? Yep. So social media, 100% has been the backbone of my business. It's free. Posting on Instagram takes, once you get the hang of it, it really does not take that long. And I didn't mention this, but I actually, when also when I was furloughed, before I started this business, I started consulting for a skincare company. I never wanted to be that person who did, you know, an MLM. And I thought, I, this isn't my thing. Well, it ended up being so successful. And I was um, consulting for Beauty Counter. And I ended up being so successful that really opened the doors to know that I could start my own thing. And if I can do this well in this side hustle of the, and I was passionate in the skincare, I love their products, but I love drinking even more. So if I can be (laughs) passionate about skincare, I could really be passionate about alcohol. You're like, God, if I can scale skincare products and I love drinking, what a good combo. (laughs) <laughs> are you exactly. still doing beauty counter? Were you doing that? I am. You got for, oh, you are. Okay. Cause I, I have am. a couple yep. of friends that do that on the side as well and have built yeah. other businesses around that and keep that going. Actually one of my other guests. And so I they, did. They I heard the her. Mission. Yeah. I heard her. Yeah. It just, it opened my eyes to know that a corporate nine to five, as much as I loved it, it's not everything. And I thought it was everything. I really did. I thought it was what you were supposed to do. I thought you were supposed to go to college. You were supposed to graduate with a degree and you were supposed to go in the corporate world. And not that I was raised that way because I have so many entrepreneurs in my family. 
And I have so many strong people that are like, you do whatever you want to do. But I just felt like that was what I had to do. I feel like timing is everything too. Like, I don't think I could have done this or been this successful if I did it five years ago. I think I needed the knowledge in my corporate career to make myself successful for where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that is definitely true. I think a lot of people take what they've learned in the corporate world and then it kind of lends itself to feeling confident enough to go out on your own, like you Mm -hmm. can do it. And obviously you have a supportive husband. I mean, what you're doing also, and and I think this is interesting for people listening, is very physically demanding. I mean, you are like the person, you bring a trailer to a physical location. You can only do X number of events because you have one trailer. So how does that work with booking? Like, are you, how many events do you do in the season? Because I'm assuming your season is during the warm, the warm months, right? And then is it you? Do you have a staff? Is it just you and your husband? What do you do with your kids? So they come along with me. They come along. Um, Yes. We're very lucky. We have, I was born and raised in Connecticut. So we have family here. My husband's actually from Massachusetts. So his family is a little further. Saying that you were lucky talking about the events and what you do in terms of scheduling, how many you do and whether your husband comes along, is it just you or do you have staff? Perfect. So regarding events and kind of how we figured all this out, when I first started, I thought, okay, we'll do one event a month and my husband and I will go together. He can, he has no bartending experience, but you know, I thought he could help with like beer and wine and, you know, things like that. Well, it quickly turned into now I create this experience. So we do specialty cocktails, which is honestly been the highlight of the business because it's that experience and it's, you know, we're making drinks that you're not going to make at home. And that's, you know, we have the the customer name them something really fun. And we make beautiful signs that say all the ingredients. So people know exactly what they're drinking. And it's just created this total experience for our events. And, you know, after I talked to the customers after they're like, we didn't think the specialty drink was going to be a hit. And I'm like, your guests drank it all night long. <laughs> that's so fun. So- do you yeah. consult with them before the event? Do you have like a consultation yep. and they, they yep. tell you what they like and then you put together a menu if they do that package? That's very Exactly. Yep. So we create, yeah, we have numerous conversations before because I need to know what their guests are like. Are they heavy Pinot Grigio drinkers? Or, you know, I really, and we build that relationship because the bar is the number one spot that most of your guests are going to be. So they want, I want them to feel comfortable that their guests are going to have a good time and they're going to be taken care of and and have a good experience with us. So we build that conversation before. And then I say, okay, you know, do you want to do a vodka drink and a tequila drink? Or, you know, is your husband a whiskey or bourbon drinker? So we really have those conversations to really feel out the crowd. And then, you know, I give them the shopping list and then I go on a Pinterest rabbit hole because, you know, I'm still making drinks and still learning on, you know, what works well for large crowds. And I send them probably 10 different options to choose from. And then they choose two of those and then we create them. But we create, I'm doing fresh lime juice for all of our drinks. I'm doing fresh syrups. You know, it's, it's not even just about that experience of being personable with your guests, but it's also, I want them to really enjoy their drink for the night. So I think it's just that elevated level of service, which A is why I can charge a little bit more because I'm giving you something that you're probably not going to do yourself. So I'm able to, and I do get a lot of times where there was one, back to your question also about where I market, not to spiral, but Facebook groups and Facebook has been a huge marketing tool for me. 
And I never thought that that I thought my generation is Instagram and, and I'm not even on TikTok. I'm on it, but I'm not on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Facebook is also my clientele. So yeah. that's where I want to gear my services to because my age range is anywhere between like probably 30s to 60s or 70s. I, I had a woman, it was her 90 or her daughter booked us, but it was for her 90th birthday. And she, oh, that's she so had her, her red wine all night long and she tasted oh. one of my specialty drinks, which was awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love but, that. Um, yeah. People so don't Facebook- know about like the Facebook groups, which are so good because I feel like that's such a referral based. There's so many people that are on there that are like, oh, great. Do you know a good mobile bar? I'm doing an event. And then people will like throw out all these listings and there's like, you know, those subgroups for every town. And yeah, so that's really and smart. Yeah. So I have to give one success story because I am, I'm not a viral business by any means, but I had one post on Facebook and this is what really sparked me to continue to promote my business on Facebook. And it was called, the group was called Connecticut Wonderful. And when I first posted and I just found them, I just Googled Connecticut groups and this one came up and I was like, oh, this looks cool. Let me put my business. So I put a five or six pictures of the trailer and me working in it. I shared a little clip of my story. I put my website and I put my Instagram handle because I feel like going to Instagram, they'll be able to see more pictures and things like that. Well, that one post got shared over 2000 times on Facebook. Shared. So that in turn reached 2000 other opportunities of getting to their Facebook friends and family. So the owner of the page actually sent me a message and he's like, I just want to let you know and we didn't know each other. I had no clue who you know he was. He didn't know who I was. I just posted on his page. And he goes, I just want to share with you that your post reached over 600,000 people. And wow. that's local Connecticut people. So it's like, you just never know. That's crazy. Well, I was going to ask a question about like location. So do you go outside? Like how far will you go for an event? Yeah. So we'll, for the most part, we'll travel most of Connecticut with us being so busy now. And, you know, we're so blessed. We are booked almost every Saturday in the summer. There's like, I think I have like seven more Saturdays available. And I also made it a part. And and to anyone listening, I have to say, you know, entrepreneurship is, it's funny. I left my nine to five to work 24 seven, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. I was going to ask you because I feel like your business, like another girl that I interviewed is it's all about you and it's event-based and it's weekend-based and you have two mm-hmm. kids. So while it's yep. amazing, I mean, you are doing these events for people and booking up your entire summer yep. every weekend, which is great. I mean, you're busy, but I guess my question would be one, like, what do you see for the future? Do you want to kind of scale this business, have a staff and just kind of be running it from mm-hmm. more behind the scenes where you're sending people out to mm-hmm. those events so you can be free of on-site work yourself? Yeah. So the first season, I just took everything and anything I could because I wanted experience. I wanted exposure. I wanted to get my name out there. This season, which is now our second season and our first full season, I made it a point to actually take one weekend off per month that I do not book any events. And for me, it's really hard to say no because, hey, if someone wants our, our services, I really want to provide it to them. But also, I just, I'm like, I'm saying no to this money and I'm saying no to. But it's so important. And those weekends, I'm going to travel with my family and I'm going to go do something with them. And I'm so blessed that I am able to be home with my kids right now. And I'm they're they're two and three and they're just at an age right now where they need me, lack of a better word. And I wasn't getting home with my corporate job until 
some nights almost seven o'clock. I mean, I was leaving my door at 6.30, dropping the kids off at daycare, my son at the time, and then my daughter, and not coming home until they were ready to go to bed. And it was just like, it just wasn't working for my life anymore. I think it's crazy to think back because like you did that. You didn't think I did the same thing when my son was young and you dropped them off when they're little. And then you hid like an hour and a half away. Like I would go to the city and then you come back and basically put them to bed. And so it is great. You get to be with them during the week. Are you doing any events during the week or are you able to like basically be home with them during the week? And you're, you're obviously doing administrative stuff and getting planned for the events, but you're not doing any physical events during the week. Yes and no. I we have some like nonprofits that may book us during the week, like little things here and there, but it's mostly at night. So I'm with them all day and then I can start prepping at night. But you know, it's hard trying to run a business during the week because you still have to like, yeah, my events are mostly just Saturdays right now, which also is a great thing because to answer your question again about like the business and how much we're making and things, I'm almost gonna make six figures in my first year, which sounds wow. absolutely crazy. And I never expected this ever, 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 ever in a million years. But, you know, six figures with your business, with your business expenses, does that, so with the overhead you mentioned, you put in the overhead and then this is all, is that all profit? No. So that's the business in total. Yeah. But to be honest, yeah, to be honest, the the profit margin. And again, I, I hired a bookkeeper. I hired an accountant. I had no clue this was what was going to happen with this business. I really didn't. I just thought I was going to make an extra couple hundred dollars and I would have been fine with a few thousand a month. And it just, it took off. But again, I also stopped doing the nine to five to have a work-life balance. So I want to make sure that I still have that. So yes, eventually I want to hire two bartenders, three bartenders that are able to go to the events and I'm not there. The only challenge, which I have to figure out is I drive the trailer there. So it's like, how do I get them there? But I'm a huge believer in investing in yourself as well, especially as an entrepreneur. I think it's so important. In the corporate world, we had meetings with other people who were more experienced than us and we could learn from them. And as an entrepreneur, unless you're listening to a podcast or you find something on TV that just sparks your attention to continue your knowledge. So where I'm getting at is I actually hired a business coach when I first started to help me kind of guide the way. And now I actually do consulting for other mobile bars. And yeah, so we we set up a call, you know, it's usually an hour and answer their questions, give them feedback. And so this business is just evolving into so much more. So eventually, we want to get another trailer. Eventually, I want to be able yeah, to hand it off to my bartenders and have, I think also, I'm a very, when I had my admins at work, when I was a manager, I still did everything myself. So I really need to figure out as a person and as a owner of a business how to let go. go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard because it's your, I mean, it's your passion, it's your vision and it's your idea. And I think when it's got your personal touch to it, it is difficult because you are the brand. So I get that. In terms of, you said you wanted to buy your five-year plan for this and where you see the business going. I mean, you talked a little bit about that, but getting another trailer, would you see like franchising this business or would you always keep it? you know, you have another trailer and you're just hiring staff? Or do you see kind of creating these in other markets and having your name like the Vintage Horse Mobile Bar in other markets? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would absolutely love to to franchise the business. I think there's so much, you know, when I tell someone that I own a mobile bar, they're like, you own what? (laughs) You own a mobile bar? So I think the mobile bar industry, now that I've done my research, it's already here. It's an industry, but it's such a new industry. 
So I'm so lucky that I'm, there are some others in the Connecticut area. And I actually, I started a little Instagram group and we all kind of chit chat with each other. And I'm very big on like community over competition. And when I first started thinking of reaching out to them, I'm like, oh, are they going to want to talk to me? You know, we're in each other's backyards, you know, we're competing with the same business. But we ended up like, oh, I'm actually meeting up with one um, next week to That's just to pick so each other's cool. brains. What's the name of the the group you created on Instagram? It's called Connecticut like Mobile Bars, but it's just like a little group messenger. Oh. And, you know, we refer each other now too, which is awesome. So, you know, if, if I'm booked, I send a message in the chat and I say, hey, is anyone open for this date? And we, you know, all go back and forth with each other. I noticed on your site too, you or on one of your stories, you were featuring a bunch of different like vendors, which I think is cool. You called out a lot of the vendors that you like. So do you guys do that as well? You share ideas about different, like you've got photographers and different kinds of things. Now, do they do that back as well? I'm sure you're getting referrals from yeah, vendors themselves. Yeah, totally. I think the, the biggest thing, because entrepreneurship is a lonely world. You are, you're by yourself. My husband's probably tired of me telling him about this business all the time. So, and my kids super supportive. I mean, he's with you on the weekends with a trailer and two kids. I think he sounds like a rock star. I've not met him, but he sounds great. A hundred, one hundred. I definitely got lucky. We, it's funny. We met at the casino and are at Foxwoods and our family, our maid of honor and our best man, they actually said the same speech almost because it was my husband hit the jackpot at the casino. And, and I did, you know, we both, we work really well with each other and it's, that's so important. It's important to have support at home, but a support system in general. And if you don't have that, you need to find it. Whether it's listening to podcasts and just giving that, basically reminding yourself that you can do this because it's lonely. And I, you know, back to sharing different posts and things like that of other businesses, I think it's so important to support each other. And I think it's so important to find people that are like-minded because you are doing this all by yourself. And, you know, I'm, It's funny, we email each other at 10 o'clock at night because I'm on my phone at 10 o'clock at night because it's when my kids go to bed and it's when I have two seconds. Yeah, it's my favorite time of night. I hit my stride (laughs) at 10 p.m. and on. I'm like, it's great. Well, for anybody anybody that's listening who'd be interested in doing, I think your your five-year plan, your your plan for the business sounds like, I mean, it's just like the sky's the limit for you, which is incredible. I want to book you for an event. I'm thinking like to myself, (laughs) how can I, when can I book you? (laughs) <laughs> but what would you, what are some things, tips you can give people that would be listening or resources that you've used that you could kind of throw out that would be, have been really instrumental in kind of helping you grow? I thought it was a great tip. You've got a business coach. I mean, you've obviously done a lot of really great things and networking with people, but are there any like specific things you could throw out for people listening groups, specific podcasts you've listened to that have been particularly helpful for you along the way? Yeah. Yeah. So one podcast I love, it's called Empower Her. And she, her name's Keisha. And she was a beach body coach and ended up starting her own business. But I just really connected with her because I started in network marketing. And then I started my own business. So but she's just very motivational, very inspiring. I love Tony Robinson's anything Tony Robinson's is like, I'm here for it. And Ed Milet, I think that's how you pronounce it is another one that I do really enjoy. And you know, they get he just had the the CEO of Peloton on his podcast the other day. So it's just find things that are going to motivate you and, you know, find people that inspire you and continue to listen to them and just, you know, 
I'm not a book reader. I don't read. I, I just don't have time for it. And my friends all started a book club and I'm like, mm, oh, I hear you. Love you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Love you. Love to have- I have two kids. <laughs> Can't do it. Yep. I would love to come for wine and cheese, but I'm not reading the books. I can barely get through a People magazine. I'm like eight years behind pop culture because I read like one page. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But also, if you can't do something, outsource it and figure out a way to pay for it and make it happen. Like I don't know bookkeeping. I don't know taxes. I'm coming into my first tax season on a business stream that I had no clue it was going to even happen. So I saved all my receipts, but I hired out. Also, website branding, it's very important. I think one thing that I stand out with is I have a very good website. I think I could do anyway, but I've, I've gotten feedback from other mobile bars and other customers that say, I love your Instagram. I love your website. That's the reason that I was drawn to your business. So if you're competing with other people, you're not alone. The competition is always going to be there, but figure out a way to stand out and be authentic when you do stand out because like I said, there's other mobile bars in the area and we are all competing with each other, but why are they going to book me? And I think they're going to book me because I'm a fun person. And the bar is your number one place where your guests are going to want to go. And I think you're going to want a fun person entertaining your guests. So just find a way to really stand out and don't get discouraged You know, when you see competition out there because competition is friendly and, and make friends with them and figure out ways that you can pick each other's brain and Also, I started another, I guess I'm big on Instagram groups, but I started another Instagram messenger and I I reached out to mobile bars all over. And we actually built this like little community of of friendship. And tonight I'm going live on Instagram with one of the other mobile bars and we're going to make a cocktail together. And we talk every day on this Instagram group. I have two people in Canada. There's two in California, Texas, Wisconsin. I mean, they're all across the United States. And we've just form this like little community because you don't have coworkers. You know, I have my yeah. bartenders who I love, but you don't have coworkers in this industry. So, you know, you have to find a way to stay passionate about what you why you started. And I think that was something that I learned with Beauty Counter. You know, they always go back to why did you start Beauty Counter? And I started to have an extra form of income because I didn't have an income at that time. And you know, I started this mobile bar because I wanted something to be passionate about and call my own. And you just have to remember why you started what you started. That's so, I mean, I think that's so smart. And those are great tips because I was going to close with, you know, what tips you'd have for people. But I think you've done so many great things. I mean, connecting, I think a lot of people are really scared of competition. And I think sometimes people get very discouraged if they look and they see somebody else is doing something already that they had an idea about. And so that I feel like maybe they shouldn't do it or they're, but it is all about being unique. Yeah. I have to say one more thing about the competition. It's funny. When I first started, my husband was like, because I was showing him, I was like, there's a few other mobile bars in the area. And he was like, well, well, that stinks. Like now we can't do it. And I'm like, did stop and shop stop when there was other grocery stores or like did Whole Foods stop when there was like I love another high end grocery store? And I'm like, no, you just have to find a way to be the best in your industry. And you have to, you know, I worked for, for Hyatt in Greenwich and we were one of the higher end hotels, but we had the biggest competition ever because if you don't care about where you're staying, you're just going to go to any hotel. So why are they coming to my hotel? So I, in turn, why are they coming to my mobile bar? So it's just, you have to figure out a way to really stand out. And don't let competition ever discourage you. I think that's so good. I'm like your husband. Cause like when I started this podcast is really something that I was just, I'm doing as a passion project, but I was like, Oh, there's other podcasts out there. And he's like, well, yeah, of course. And he's like, you just got to, 
you know, I think it can also the reason I think it's great your story and kind of breaking down how you did it because a mobile bar with all the big equipment and the things hearing that can seem very overwhelming to somebody who Mm -hmm. might have something or be interested in the food industry and maybe have something you want to do a food truck, but it seems incredibly overwhelming to take that leap. So by hearing your story and hearing you kind of break down how you did it and took the leap, I mean, and also being able to connect with you. I mean, you're so open to like connecting with people and sharing your story and talking that anyone who's listening to this could reach out to you and, and talk to you. So I really appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing your journey. And I'm super excited and I am definitely going to book you. Yay. Definitely for the, whatever weekend I could get you. You're available. <laughs> but lastly, before we close, because I know you have your kids coming home at noon. So just tell everybody where they can find you, what your website is, your Instagram, anywhere else you might be. So our, we are on the Vintage Horse on Instagram and Facebook. And our website is www.thevintagehorses with an S.com. And one tip when you are a new business owner, get on GoDaddy and find your URL. Because when I first started, the vintagehorse.com was available. And within like 48 hours of me like posting my name and putting my business, someone actually bought it. And so now I have to have the vintage horses with an S and it's fine because I looked at it as I'm going to expand and I'm going to franchise and have multiple trailers. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I looked at the plus side of it, but it would have been amazing to have the vintagehorse.com. But yeah, so that's definitely a tip and trick. But yeah, we service all of, for the most part, all of Connecticut. We like to stay within like an hour of Trumbull. But if you really want us, we will come to you. So we're very lucky. Awesome. And what are you doing during, just just out of curiosity, what are you doing during the winter with your, do you do any events during the winter or are you off until the summer? So like I said, I can't sit still. So for like Christmas time, we actually did Christmas mini photo shoots with the trailer. So I paired up with photographers and we did um, mini photo shoot sessions for Christmas cards at Christmas tree farms. So I decorated the trailer like beautifully with like stockings and, you know, really fun stuff. And we were booked. We did fit 20 minute sessions and we had like 30 sessions a weekend. It was crazy. Oh, that's brilliant. Crazy. And now I'm actually doing Valentine's Day cocktail kit. So those are going to be coming out. And yeah, I just can't sit still. So what does that mean? Valentine's Day cocktail kits? Like they don't like that just comes to you or what? Yeah. So I'm doing it local right now down the road. Hopefully I'll figure out like shipping and things. But yeah, basically it's like everything you need to make four cocktails and then you just add the alcohol to it. So this time we're doing a strawberry champagne margarita. So I literally give you all the ingredients. Um, it comes in like a cute little Valentine's Day box and you can make four cocktails. It has all the instructions on how to do it. Yeah. And that's on your website? Can you order no. it off your website? So I'm promoting on Instagram. It's our okay. first time doing it. So I'm like, oh gosh, one of my girlfriends is like, how many are you going to do? I'm like, I'll do like 20. She's like, you're going to sell out. And I'm like, no. And she's like, we're all buying them. I'm like, oh gosh. I'm going to buy one. I'm going to buy one <laughs> yes, too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So more to come on that. Honestly, other mobile bars are really been an inspiration. We bounce ideas off. I see what they're doing. They see what I'm doing. And and we just like really think of new things to be creative. And it's just, as an entrepreneur, I think you're a creative person in general. It's been a blessing to be able to use my creativity for sure. I love it. Well, you're inspiring. Your energy is really aspirational given that you have two kids. I have three kids and I feel like I am 
barely functioning. So (laughs) I mean, it's amazing to talk to you. I love your business and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Congratulations. Honestly, when I heard the name of your podcast, I was like, I am there. Like I am there. I love it. So you're inspiring people too. So just keep it up. I know it. it's a large, a large thing to add to your plate when you're already so busy, but I, I see you're passionate about it. So keep going. Thank you so much. <laughs>